What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing this week? Happy Halloween. Yeah, man. Happy Halloween. By the time that people hear this, it's it's now into my favorite time, Christmas. Like, you know, Christmas starts November 1st, baby. We're, we're here, bro. That means we're going to start. We're going to get our Christmas it. movie reviews ready and all that. I got a tree coming in the mail. Look, I need to get me one. I'm, I think I'm okay. So I, you haven't been to my new place. I live in a house house now. So I'm thinking like I'm a Clark Griswold and I'm gonna put up like an inflatable snowman. I'm gonna put some lights on my house. But like that means I'm gonna have to get up on a ladder and shoot. I don't know if I'm that guy yet. Like, I don't know if I'm that, that type of dude yet. Like that's hanging up lights. But I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna ease into it. I'm gonna do the interior this year. <laughs> I definitely just want an inflatable snowman just to be like, yeah, I'm in the season, I'm in the spirit. <laughs> I feel that, but yeah, we'll definitely tap into some Christmas stuff, do some non traditional, non traditional comedy and non comedy. That's a fact. But, uh, you know, Trading Places reviews coming soon, whether that's on here or Running Back, but like either way. And speaking of Running Back, sorry about Train to Busan, like. I had like a, a death in my family and so we couldn't do it earlier. So it just didn't happen. But we tried. We tried to give y'all eight movies for Halloween. How many did we end up giving them six? We came through with Something six. Like that. I think that's solid. Yeah. You know, the running back we did with Scream was really good. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Even the we'll Midsommar one Busan. was great. Yeah. We'll do Train to Busan eventually, though. Um, not for a while. The next running backs were taking it either to a comedy or some movie, some dad movie. Well, maybe we'll talk about it on here sometime because I mean it was a pretty, pretty solid. It's a good movie though. It movie. is, and, and it's and it's and it's from our love of like Korean film. Like we're really getting into that from whether it's Parasite to fucking um, was this shit Squid Game? Oh, I finished that by the way. I, I have. Oh, I was my, my girlfriend was like, "How is it that?" A year ago, you make me watch everything ahead of people, and then now you've been just like scaling it back. Right. I, I have been scaling it back. I can't lie, I have been, but that's because I want to enjoy things. Like I, I realize that like I watch it too fast sometimes, and I want to enjoy it. And speaking of enjoying things, I started what we do in the shadows, and I like it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I like yeah. it. That that was what I was. That's what I, that's what I was going to tell you. I'm almost done with season one. I'm halfway through. I watched the episode where um. Nan, not Nandor, fucking the other one goes and kills all those Lazo. raccoons. Laszlo kills all those raccoons and puts them on the, the council lady's front door. I like the one, yeah. And wait, like the is the fucking they... bald guy, is he a daywalker? Like, is he a vampire, but he's like, he can walk around during the day? No, he's an energy vampire. So, like, his whole he's, bit is he that sucks he sucks goes... people, yeah. Yeah, he sucks the energy out of people. That's the way he talks to that woman. That woman who's like a feel. He's like, she's a vampire too. She sucks the souls out of people. <laughs> Good show, man. I like that. It's Parks and Rec style. I dig it. I do dig it. Yeah, yeah. The mockumentary. Like they even in season two, they play a little bit more into like, and and probably a little bit in season one as well. They play a little bit into the whole fact that there are people with cameras there. And like they'll have to like run and catch up, or like somebody will get eaten by a vampire. I liked when the werewolves came to town. That was a good episode. Uh, BD Feldstein was in an episode. Did she come back? Mm, no. Okay. Well, Mark yeah. Hamill will be in one that you're gonna watch too, but he will come back. Okay. See, so yeah. When I saw Beanie Feldstein, I was like, oh, okay. 
This show has some heavy second, hitters coming in. In the second season, the woman who voices Louise and Bob Berger, she has a prominent role. And then I saw Wes. I think the last episode I saw was with Wesley Snipes, where it's like all the vampires, like Tilda Swinton's in there. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good show, man. It's a good show. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's definitely a good show. Oh man, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, you were talking about like savoring some stuff. The one thing that's like topical that I haven't gotten to the end of is the new season of You. I got like. You- Yo, wait, now you clowned you, you with that, Schubert. Joe, wait, see, now that's something that I can't tell my girlfriend. We got to slow down. That's one that I just got to just, because she, she's going to watch no matter what, so I just got to be on for the ride. Can't savor it. Joe's ass is crazy, bro. Like, <laughs> no, Joe love is crazy, too. No, Joe is crazy, bro. Like, Joe, like, whoo, you season three? But, I, but I'm not going to lie. This was the weakest season so far. Like, I, I watched it all. I enjoyed it, but it was the weakest one. Like, I don't know. I just it felt definitely like it feels way different of a show than it did in season one. I don't like him and love be- being there together. I just don't like we need to get Joe back to basics him by himself. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it feels like it's an entirely different show when you have to worry about like love's antics. And I didn't like the, I don't like the neighbors like that black lady and her man's. <laughs> The swingers. No, with them. How deep are you in? Like, how many more episodes you got? Uh, that's what I said. I got like two episodes or whatever. So, like, okay. the last episode I, I was at was like, you know, the swinging episode. Okay, okay. <laughs> that was fucking funny. I'm in the, I'm in the nitty gritty. <laughs> yeah, but, you're uh, you're almost done. But yeah, so let's. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're gonna talk about Young Justice a little bit at the end. Lyndon has a. Uh, a review that he did with um, who was it that you did that review yeah, with, with for last with our, time? So, with uh, our uh, new guy, Charlie Long. He's going to be one of our movie correspondents over here at the network. Go. He's going to be coming in, doing stuff with us, like reviews when either I can't watch, Hubert can't watch. And we, and we me and him went and checked that out last night in Soho, the Edgar Wright film. Uh, so yeah, that review is super dope. That was a, see, I don't want to say anything about the movie because I want Schubert to watch it. Like, that's one of those ones where I'm like, man, I really want to talk to Schubert about it because it's that good of a movie. So I'm not going to say anything now. Just wait till the review. I'll check it out. All right. So without any further ado, let's get started. Uh, Brennan Frazier, he's been cast in DC's upcoming Batgirl movie. He's going to play Firefly, a sociopath with a passion for pyrotechnics. I don't uh- like it. I'm assuming that they're going to do like how Ratcatcher 2 had her dad. I'm in because Firefly in the Firefly world, there's multiple like in the Batman universe, there's multiple Fireflies where the old man teaches a daughter, teaches a son. So like I'm assuming that he's going to have a daughter who's the younger Firefly to fight that girl. I'm assuming he's old man Firefly. That's my bet. The other bet of that could be is that he plays only in like a quarter or the half of the movie where like he fights Batman, Batgirl, whatever, and he dies. Mm, and so like the other Firefly, his daughter takes up the mantle and she is the primary villain with that girl for the rest of the film. I could see that happening too. E- either one, but I don't think he's going to be like, the main villain firefly is not really a good main he's a henchman especially like the the firefly that's not the one that's taking revenge for her father especially if it's just like straight up firefly then like yeah like not really a good villain the revenge aspect i can understand but but you know 
whatever. I'm not, yeah. I'm not big on this, but good for Brendan Fraser. Love the Fraser signs. My dude's coming in a Marty Scorsese movie soon. Now he's like yeah. in a DC movie. This tells you that it's HBO Max universe is not tied to Titans Doom Patrol, which is great. So good, good things seeing about this. I'm not too mad at this casting, it, but now I will say this: if Brendan Fraser is just the villain, then I'm gonna be upset. There has to be some sort of little twist to it. Yeah. I can it's not bad that he's involved in the project, but I just don't know like how big Firefly's role should be in this. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh the Balzad series that Michael B. Jordan is set to executive produce for HBO Max has found its writers, Darnell Mateer and Josh Peters, who are now set to write the project, um, which will focus on Zep Balzad, the second DC character to take up the Superman mantle. Val is a black Kryptonian who found his way to Earth and eventually uses his powers to fight evil, including a brainwashed Superman at one point in the comics. Uh, Mateer and Peters most recently worked on the script for Transformers Rise of Beasts and the Star Series BMF. Hey, I can say BMF is great. Like BMF might be 50 Cent's, 50 Cent's best show. It's like one of the best shows on TV right now. So I'm excited for that. Again, Val Zod. Um, don't know if I necessarily... Ah, do I do I like Valzad more than I like uh, the other one? Well, yeah, I guess it's not Black Kalal. It's it's actually Valzad, so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that storyline if they go into it the right way. Because before we thought it was Calvin Ellis or just Black Kalal, but the fact that it's yeah. Valzad's a little more interesting to me. Yeah, it would be interesting if um, they did incorporate the Superman thing. Just depends, man, because, you know, you know, we're, we don't know what the fuck's going on with that shit. Like, yeah, who's the yeah. real one? Like they might make this dude the, 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 the Superman, bro. I don't know. Who knows? We're in we're in weird world at right now, in, at least in like the HBO movie verse, because we don't understand like how the connection is going to be to uh, Batgirl and Batman yet. Yeah, we so don't know. It could be like in this is it, Batgirl is it, universe with is like Batgirl, Static Shock. And it, yeah, is, is that Batgirl with Static with Shock? Is that, is that Ben Affleck's Batman's world? Is that Michael Keaton's Batman world? Are we getting Batman Beyond? What's going on? Who knows? We're going to find out soon enough, though. Or like we don't know if like this Balzog character would meet the Supergirl we're going to get in Flash. Yep. We don't even know what, what uh, multiverse that Supergirl's from. So it could be any. We're going to find out soon enough. They're all from different universes, but all in the big multiverse. So Robert yeah. Pattinson might pop up with this guy. Who knows? Who, who the fuck Maybe. knows? Crisis. But um, yeah. I want to see the casting soon. True. Um, so let's jump into the trailers. Uh, let's start with uh, Unforgivable first. The Sandra Bullock dramatic movie. Uh, Viola bad. Davis. John Bernthal. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. John Bernthal. I, it looks like it's going to be a big, I guess, Oscar contender. It looks like really a dramatic. heavy movie. Yeah, super dramatic. Real heavy. I, I real might heavy. watch this. I don't know. Like, she ended up killing a cop serving time, and she's dealing with the ramifications of that, trying to see her sister, who they kept away from her. So, like, she's okay. saying, like, she killed him in, like, self-defense, but I guess, like, no one believes her. And then, so, like... Mm-hmm. People like I've, I've seen that six of me is like when Viola Davis yelling at her is like you are not the victim. Yeah, it's gonna be a heavy movie, but you know whatever, I'll check it out. Yeah, uh, probably might be a movie that a lot of people talk about once it gets yeah. released. Facts. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Tiger King two. Just look. Okay, at first I was so like, we, 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 
you know, we were, on, we were on this podcast. We were like, I don't know if we need Tiger King part two. Because let me just now? say this. We were one. We look, if you're a fan of this show, then you know that we were ahead of everyone. We were like, I just have to give us our props. Even my girlfriend acknowledges that, that like, man, you and Schubert watched Tiger King a week before the mania took off. And then everybody was talking about it. And our podcast was a week old. We were ahead of things. So we're one of those people that were up on it. We, we recognize the cultural relevance of this. We were like, this shit is crazy. We didn't know if we needed a part two, but hey, I'm signing up. I'm in, I'm in. Like the fact that Jeff Lowe is making all of this money, that Carol Baskin is making all of this money, that everyone who's on the TV show is making all of this stars. money. In my man, uh, the man, the man, the myth, the legend himself is in jail. Oh yeah, I'd be pissed. Give me my coins too, fam. What's his name? Shoot, I can't think of his name right now. Joe Exotic. Yeah, Joe. Give Joe Exotic his coins, man. Free Joe. We're gonna find out. They're trying to free him. They got some other crazy dude that says, "Come in and take my animals if you will." Got his guns. I'm in it. I'm in this. Give me this. We're learning that Carol Baskin would make up some extravagant story because we know that her husband, she killed her husband, but she about to slander this man's name and send us to Mexico saying he's fucking with the cartels. Like, what the fuck? I'm in. I am in. Sign me up. That, that was what got me the most. And I was like, oh, we're about to really go into like Carol Baskin singing. She's going to give us on this wild goose chase about how he was like, how the cartel came out and killed him. And she didn't, nah, bro, that man, she fed that man to a tiger. But you can tell me about this cartel story nonsense. What was, what was he in? What was, what, what type of situation was this white old man in? Did she, got, she got the dude to come on the show and say, oh yeah, Tim was into a bunch of stuff, stuff that could get you killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man bring it on dude tiger king too i'm in let's go november 17th i am in i'm watching it that night we will review that shit oh shit let's get joe exotic some paper <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about a, a trailer that a lot of people were really high on this week of the light year teaser oh yeah it looked pretty good I, this trailer just made me be like give me a woody western like fuck it let's just give me a woody western like this you can maybe do movies with other Toy Story characters, but Woody and Buzz seem like the ones that work the best. Like, I don't know if we need a Rex I'm, or Slinky the dog. My thing about this Lightyear movie is like, don't market me telling me that this was the basis of the Buzz Lightyear toy. No, this the Buzz Lightyear toy came before this of like thinking clearly and rationally people. And so there was Buzz Lightyear like, Star Command too, which was a great show, which like, I prefer that Buzz Lightyear story, you know, where where it's like it's yeah. where it's from on Toon Disney. Like that show was great. Like this looks good. like it's taking Buzz Lightyear really seriously, which I mean I'm cool with. Like you know whatever. But you're right. This this the toy was not based off of this. If anything, the toy is more based off of the Buzz Lightyear Star Command that I'm talking about than this. Cause, exactly. Because this seems very realistic. Like I'm I'm so interested to see if we're gonna get Emperor Zerg. Like is that who he's gonna fight in this? I wouldn't think that. I just don't know. I guess yeah. just it's just kind of odd to me. It's not like I'm hating on it at all because I mean I still think it's gonna be a pretty cool movie. Oh yeah, I'm gonna like, watch it for it, sure. Don't market this to me being like a Toy Story like spinoff. Just be like, okay, well we're taking the Buzz Lightyear character and making a movie about him. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you want to do, that's cool. And that's what the same point with you. It's like we're gonna take the character of the Woody 
that we know from Toy Story 2 and his stories. Of just make a Western. We're going to make a movie, a Western about it. That's cool. Do that. And just make his, ho- his horse name Bullseye. Like, it doesn't have to talk. That's just what he calls his horse. He, like, Jesse's like some girl he knows, like the prospect or somebody in town. And, like, yeah. stopping some bandits from robbing the town. Like, just some exactly. Western shit. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's a pretty cool little teaser and good for Chris Evans for getting the role, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about House of Gucci. One thing that you brought into my attention, I did watch it, and you were, you're right, it is I told you. Shit looks nuts. Better than the other trailers I showed. Shit looks nuts. I didn't, like, Benny the guys out here, like, acting like a mob boss. The only reason why I brought it up is because I was like, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, shit, this kind of looks like a... A Martin Scorsese movie, like is this is this some like mob shit? This looks this feels like mob mixed with Succession, like family drama. Like they're climbing up the family hierarchy, taking out people to to topple the Gucci industry and run it. Like fuck yeah, sign me up, Adam Driver, Al Pacino, on Pacino, yeah, Lady Gaga, like you said, being all hard and shit. This movie looks good, man. Nah, this is yeah, Oscar buzz. Lady Gaga like throws a bag of like guns at somebody. He's like, "Don't miss." I'm like, Ooh. bro, Lady Gaga might win an Oscar for this. This looks good. I'm telling you. Not so good. See her and Adam Driver and you know, Jared Leto loves to do makeup. That guy, yeah. damn. Like it, it was fine. Like he, he was fine. He was fine. It wasn't nothing I don't special. Know, I say like three lines. And that's what I'm saying. He was fine. Like, and I when I saw him, I was like, ugh. Hope he doesn't take people out of the movie, but only, uh, but that's only if you know he's Jared Leto. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, it does look pretty badass though. No, movie looks good. Movie looks real good. Uh, let's talk about our sword and medieval type shows. First, we'll start with Wheel of Time. On it Amazon. looks good. Rosemary Pike. It, it looks good. I think it's going to be the next epic on Amazon for sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of unknowns, but I mean, we'll see. That's how the, the story thing. Comes Can together. we buy? So basically, the story is these five people are led by Rosamund Pike, who's like this witch with her like samurai guy, and like they're leading these people to find to get stronger so they can stop the dark ones. Uh, uh, basically, horde. It's basically about finding who's the true one out of these fives to fight the dark lord's horde. I mean, it's all gonna come down to do we buy into the five? Like, I buy into Rosamund Pike. I buy into a lot of other stuff, but it's it's about the main five. And if we don't buy into them, then the show's not going to be good. But it, like you said, a bunch of unknowns. I'm interested. I like the trailer, but will I buy into those five who's like one of them's the savior when it's probably going to be all of them together working together is the savior? That's probably what it's going to be. But, you know, say la vie. Yeah, it's like, you know, are we getting Carnival Row Amazon or are we yeah. getting, you know, the boys? That's the thing. And I don't know, man, when like, is Rosamund Pike signing on for this for her money or does she buy into this? Because if she buys into it, like I'm saying, it looks good. It fuses a lot of stuff like samurai, swords and shields. Like it, f- it fuses a lot Ryan, of different um Little Lord of the Rings things. is those dark one people that look like orcs. Mm-hmm. Like. They even had like the African boss who isn't all white, but he looked like futuristic yeah. stuff. I was like, whoa, this shit looks weird, but like I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side of that, we got The Witcher season two. Henry Cavill looks a little bit more badass than he did in the prior season. So I'm a little excited about that. Wheel of Time has a more interesting world, in my opinion, where The Witcher, it's like, I can't, like Schubert was saying like off air that The Witcher trailer was better. And I was like, and I realized why, well, at least in my opinion, why. You just deal, you're with Henry Cavill just beating people up. Like it is badass. 
Henry gets a new power. He's doing his sword and shield shit. Like I'm in. It almost feels like John Wick with the sword. Pretty much. And like I'm so I, when we saw Yaskar at the end, I was like, yes, the bard's back. Like my guy. Like I don't give a fuck really about Siri and, and Yennefer and that black sorceress who took over the kingdom. I don't really care about that. I just want to see my man Henry Cavill killing dragons, demons, ghouls, and traveling with Yaskar singing uh, a penny for my witcher. Like I'm in. That's what I need. Like that's what I want. And if, if I get that, I'm happy. Yeah, I liked where he was like, oh, there's just so many monsters out here that got to die. I'm like, yes, let's kill some monsters. That's what I want to see. He did get his power up because I don't I don't remember him having that force field shield. We were talking about that before we started. I don't remember him. I think it's I don't new. remember that either. I'm like, maybe I got to rewatch a little bit, but like, or maybe. I feel like, like at the end that- he might have had it because like he accepted using his Witcher magic at the end. Maybe. Because like some most of that shit last season was a flashback. Like, we like now we're into where like the shit is present day, like where the girl it leaves the fucking castle and everything, and like she's traveling with him. So like he might have started because ex- I remember he didn't like that he was a witcher in season one or some shit. So like I think he might accepted his power, so he might start using him more. Who knows? It looks like we're gonna meet more witchers soon. Yes, apparently Vesemir's in there from that anime, um, the Witcher oh, anime, yeah. which I definitely recommend all of you watching if y'all want to watch see- watch this next season. It's actually really good. Um, but yeah, those are two really interesting trailers, very similar, but and they're coming out around the same time. Yep. So we'll see how that hurts or helps either. Each one, yeah. Um, but the we have two tra- more trailers to talk about. One has a story included with it, so we'll save it. We'll talk about Cowboy Bebop now. I don't. Okay, so I'm either gonna eat crow, or I'm gonna be right, and it could be a combination of both. And if I'm going, let me apologize about this. The show does not look bad. The question I have is, is the show Cowboy Bebop? That I don't know. Like the show looks like a Pulp fic, like a Quentin Tarantino Pulp Fiction, which I mean, Quentin Tarantino does take influences from Bebop, but it looks like a Pulp Fiction-y noir story, which I love. But does it feel like Bebop, especially since I've been rewatching Bebop? I don't know if it does. Like, John Cho does not convey Spike to me. I'm sorry. Like, he might no. just be his own character. I like Jet and Faye. And I saw they used a lot of the villains. They used the uh, Pierre, the Pierre Perot. Like, oh, yeah, Vicious is definitely in there. But they used the guy who's like the serial killer clown. They had like the, the um, chick from the first episode. Yep. Her and the, her and her man who's delivering drugs. They had the guy who, who's with I the black dude who's fighting. They have the black dude with the knives who, who takes Jet's arm out. Who's when it's really his partner. They have the fucking crew of the animal rights activists with their mom. They're there. Somebody yeah. said Vincent might be in this from the Cowboy Bebop movie. I was like, whoa, if Vincent's in this. Then, like, you really, you really hit tugging at my heartstrings. So it's like, if they put Vincent like in this, the end. I would love this show. Like, if, if Vin- let me just say this: season two. If Vincent's in this show, they they sold me. I'm going to say that right now. They sold me. I don't care how the rest is. Like putting Vincent in this, I, I pitched this back when we did our run it back of the Cowboy Bebop movie. But it doesn't look bad. But. I, I'll probably enjoy it, but I don't know if it's going to be Cowboy Bebop. That's my problem. I just know that a lot of what we saw in that trailer is going to be the first episode. Yeah. New Tijuana, the you uh, don't know about love or whatever, that whole deal. Like, 
probably the stuff where it's like they call me Spike Spiegel now. I feel like it's gonna be right in the beginning. So like I don't feel like they really show that might be Ballad much. of the Fallen Angels. That might be the first time we meet Vicious. That's, that's the episode that it falls in. Yeah. But like it just seems like a really weird time to do that down the line. And now you're like because it seems like very introductory. We shall so see. I don't, I don't know. Like that's the thing. I I have no idea with this. But like I said, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look CWE. It doesn't look Mandalor- no. like Mandalorian. It's no. somewhere in between. It kind of looks like Umbrella Academy. Kind of like the Umbrella Academy. That's fair. Does, does it look better than Altered Carbon? It kind of looked like Altered Carbon. Kind of. A little bit. I don't know. A little bit. I'm lukewarm on it. I'm not as there negative like, as I was. Like some, some shots that just like I guess because it's a 2D anime, it just looks so different to see them in like with like people and sets. And like maybe like some of the background set designs are a little you can obviously tell that it's a green screen a on cheesy. And so like I'm just like, uh I like the ships though. The ships look good. Yeah. The ships look fine. How much are we gonna see of the ships though? Is the real question. Like is it gonna be like, like you know, I just rewatched that episode where like yeah, the with the missiles and, and the hyper tube, space tube, I'm like, they can't do this. No, yeah, or even or even when Spike's chasing after the guy, that the harmonica kid, where he catches the dude on the ship and then he flies it, he's flying through the city. Like, they use the ship a lot. That's what I'm very interested to see. I'm just interested in a lot in this show, but I will apologize for a lot of my early negativity. I have the right to reserve to come back to said negativity, or I have the right to apologize for neg- more. was because you hadn't seen the trailer. Yep, like, that's I a fact. Still, I have, still haven't seen the trailer. Still haven't seen the trailer. Yep, and now we've seen the trailer, and my only thing is, is this going to be Bebop? I'm not sure, but will it be a good show? That's possible. And possible. I'll, even say, I'll go so far as to say this. I think if you never saw Cowboy Bebop in your life, you'll like this show a lot more than I will. That, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. I like, feel I think that's it, I think if you, for a lot of people. I think if you've never seen Cowboy Bebop, you're going to think this shit is badass. Like, if my dad watches this, He's going to fucking love it. Like, but for me, for someone who's seen Cowboy Bebop, for you, I don't know if we're going to love it. That's my thing. That's fair. I almost wish that they wouldn't have put Cowboy Bebop on Netflix before this came out because now people are going to be trying to watch it and then they're going to be so disappointed. Dumb. (laughs) That was super dumb. (laughs) We shall see. I don't know. We'll see. But the last trailer we have to talk about comes a little bit with some background. So the show is called Swagger. Inspired by the early life of NBA superstar. Oh, I didn't even see this. Oh, you got to tell me serves, about this. I wish I would have watched it. serves this. as an executive producer along with Brian Grazer and showrunner Reggie Rock, uh, Blythewood. Mm-hmm. And the show set in the very recent past, a future star um, played by Isaiah Hill finds his way toward playing uh, with a coach played by O'Shea Jackson Jr. with far more heart than any of his peers in this cutthroat world of teen ball. Like the uh, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. plays like a, um, like a what do you call it? Um, what is let's the, see. the club basketball thing's called? Oh, he plays the AAU coach. AAU, yeah. He's just like he's like an AAU coach, and then you know Isaiah Hill plays like you know this young Kevin Durant guy who you know he goes up to him at goes up to him and he's like, oh, I don't coach high school kids, and his mom's like, no, he just turned fourteen. He's like, whoa. Mm, okay. It's, it's Apple. It's Apple Plus. Show. So based on Katie's life, essentially. Essentially based on Katie's early life. 
Okay. Okay. It's kind of like all American with KD, like how some of it's based on like how all Americans based on some of the NFL player, but then they take liberties. I like this. Some of this will be about KD, but some of it might be about other people. Who knows? It's just about the AU experience. Okay. Well, and because it's been set up in the most recent past, like it's going to touch on like certain issues of today. And Mm. like some of it takes place in COVID. They're wearing masks. Uh, Okay. Okay. Gotcha. It is you know, topical to the, to the recent time, but I got you. takes a little bit of what Katie had to grab with. All right. Solid, solid. I'm going to check it out. out. Oh, it's out now. I'm going to look right now because I have Apple TV on my laptop. Swagger is out now. Yeah. Oh, it's out now. Okay. First three episodes. Oh, nice. With O'Shea Jackson Jr. I'm seeing this right now on my Apple TV. Okay, I'm gonna have to check this out. This is pretty good. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, Just, we'll see. It, maybe it looks better than All American. I'll say that. It probably is. <laughs> Not CW. That's sure. <laughs> I need to watch the Foundation. You do. How far are you in it? Um, I'm to where I'm the new episodes. So I have to watch this past weekend's episode. What's better, the foundation or Dune? Dune, but what's interesting is that the foundation is very similar. Mm, okay, I'm gonna watch that this weekend. All right, like, solid. Like I, when I I started watching the foundation after I saw Dune because I wanted something to stay in like the Dune mindset. Mm-hmm. I actually also watched the '84 Dune this this week. Um, I'll talk about that when we talk about Dune later in the show. But okay, okay. But next up, we got Bill Murray hints that he's going to be in Marvel's Ant-Man, Wasp, and the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium. Nice. Seems okay. like the kind of a Marvel movie he would be in with yeah. Paul Red. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes um, sense. Next up, we got Anna DeArmas is in talks for the lead role in the upcoming John Wick spinoff film, Ballerina. Ballerina, which has been in the works for several years, follows a young female assassin as she seeks revenge against those who killed her family. The action thriller will be held by Underworld director Lynn Wiseman from a screenplay by Shay Hatton, who has also penned John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum and is also attached to write Chapter 4 and 5 of the franchise as well. Don't really like the director, Love Anna DeArmas. After I saw her in James Bond, she showed that she could do this bad really well. She was one of the best parts of James Bond as a CIA agent. So her playing assassin, grade A, I'm in, I'm bought in. I just don't like the underworld director. Hopefully the screenwriter writes a good movie so I don't have to be worried. And this guy can well, go and make good gonna, stuff. I think it's going to stay in the same vein as the other John Wicks. This is the person who's writing the John Wicks. And also maybe it, it'll end up tying in. Hopefully Maybe we'll see Anna DeArmas and Keanu Reeves together. Chapter, like chapter four five. and five. Yeah, that'd be dope. Because Anna DeArmas has the chops to pull off being a, um, an assassin. So good for her. But um, next up, speaking of Dune, Dune part two has been officially greenlit and will release date set in 2023 only on theaters, theater exclusive. No HBO Max, even though I think that's yeah. dumb because a lot of people watch By 2023. Dune. People are going to be going back to movies. I know, but I think it's dumb because like, 1.9 million people watched Dune and they made so much money off of it that they're just like, Denny Villeneuve's like, nah, put my thing in theaters. <laughs> but I get it. He wants to make money off the box office, but bro, you made, you probably made a lot of money. 1.9 pe- million people watched your movie that weekend just on HBO Max alone. 
Did you um see happen to see where discussing film ranked Dune? No, nah, I thought it was. I, I, I thought that was ignorant. I thought that. See, I did not like it. I did not like that ranking. I was just like, huh, huh. I was just like, what? But hey, to each their own. But to me, if you're ranking Denisville News, how did you put Blade Runner number one? I had an issue with that. Like, how is Blade Runner better than Prisoners? Better than Arrival? Like, or better than Sicario? Sicario is a fucking good movie. Like, those are his top three films, in my opinion. And then Dune and then Blade Runner. Like, I thought Dune was better than Blade Runner. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, but you know, talking about Dune Part Two, I did, like I said, I watched Dune 1984, and pretty much it's two, it's a two and a half hour movie, and for the first hour and forty five minutes, it's pretty much part one, and then it feels rushed at the end. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, I am kind of glad you do this because I feel like you're going to be able to like expand a little bit on like this part two side mm-hmm. because. You wouldn't have to rush so much because like you know essentially when you watch that movie like the stuff that happens in the movie we just watch is important yeah so like you know for them to spend as much time as they did on it and then maybe to spend as much time on it on part two i feel like it's going to be a good cohesive yeah no i think it's going to run way better together because like the original do movie like you said they try to condense this whole movie into an hour and then this whole end of the story into another hour, which like you can't buy into Paul Atreides growth in two hours. That's what I'm saying. Like all of a sudden he got to the Fremen and then it just did like a time skip. I'm just like, oh, well, I mean, like, how am I supposed to believe this, this and this? Yep, exactly. So, so you know, I'm excited for Dune Part 2, though. Yeah, same here. You know, sucks that we have to wait two years but but hey go make it man make it good because you made dune one good so i'm in um next up netflix's three-body problem a series adaptation of blue shin sci-fi trilogy we've talked about before the chinese author has set a cast of 12 actors including benedict wong Sai chin john bradley liam cunningham yovan adepo was it oh isa gonzalez Isa Gonzalez, Jess Hong, Mario Kelly, Alex Sharp, Zine Zhang, C. Shamuka, and Samir Usani. The series hails from Game of Thrones director Benny and Weiss, which you mentioned prior. And just to give people a reminder of what this is, Three Body Problem is a dramatic series inspired by Lou's epic science fiction trilogy, which tells the story of what happens when humanity discovers that we are not alone in the universe. The first book tells the story of Yi Wenjie, who following her father's death at the hands of the Red Guards during the Cultural Revolution attempts to help aliens invade Earth while different factions on Earth plan a different ways of welcoming the extraterrestrials. Look, Benioff and Wise got an, all these books are done. So all they got to do is take what this guy wrote and give us what this guy wrote and it'll be good. Like, they've shown they can adapt. It's when they got to write their own that there's an issue. Yeah, I'm assuming, like, you know, John Bradley and Liam Cunningham, they're from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Bradley played Tarly, Sam Tarly. Yeah, he did. And uh, Liam Cunningham played one of Daenerys... Uh, guards. No, 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 he, yeah, was it not Daenerys guards? He, he, he played, like... He was with Tyrion a lot of the time, honestly. Is that, uh, is that um, Liam? Oh, no, no Liam no, Cunningham. No, Liam Cunningham. I'm he so was, upset I didn't know hands. who this is. 
He's the he's Sir Davos. Yeah, Sir Davos. He was yeah, he's he was like John. He's John's. Yeah, boy. he was linked up with John for a while. That's right. Yeah, Sir Davos. I'm so upset I didn't know Sir Davos. But yeah, John Bradley's definitely Tarly. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, of course, Benedict Wong, we know, mm-hmm. and inside Jin was in uh Shang-Chi. So yep. like it's good that they are bringing in some Asian actors to play the Chinese parts of this story. I assume John Bradley and Liam Cunningham are going to be like part of this other group of other factions on Earth. And Yovan Zadepo is a great aliens. actor. Yeah, he is. So same with uh, Isa Gonzalez, who we really enjoy. So it's a fact. So this should be good. Like like I said, Benny Elf and Weiss can adapt things. It's when they got to write their own thing. That's the who was C. Schmuka and Arrow. Th- that's who I'm not sure of. Let me see. That might be past our arrow time. Maybe. Let's see. She played Emiko Queen. Oh, yeah. That's when they went. That's when they started to tell about Oliver's daughter. That, yeah, that's past our time. Shooter. Gotcha. Way past gotcha. our time. <laughs> Last pre- person right. we know is Vigilante in fucking season five, where I, I, Arrow, they blow up that island and, I forget, and uh, Adrian blows up that fucking island but all right next up we got my man travis bennett aka taco we got to call him travis bennett now because that's what he goes by he changed his twitter name but i've always known him as taco andrea savage real pearlman lala anthony and Dion cole who's a great comedian have rounded out the cast of the new untitled comedy starring jonah hill with Ken- with kenya bears directing they join an ensemble that already includes lauren london eddie murphy Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Sam J, Molly Gordon, David Duchovny, and Nia Long. The film follows a new couple, Hill in London, and their families who find themselves examining modern uh, love and the family dynamics amidst clashing closer social expectations and generational differences. Wait, 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 wait. Jonah Hill's going to be married to Lauren. That's fucking hilarious. I'm in. Sign me up. I'm in. Yeah. It's going to be hilarious. Go, Jonah. Be a good movie. It, yeah, it kind of reminds. Is Julie Louis like, Dreyfus his mom? Like, is that gonna be his maybe. mom? <laughs> Probably her and David Duchovny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it reminds me a lot of that uh, Thanksgiving movie that Ike Barinholtz and Tiffany Haddish did, which is a good movie. Yeah, it just so, goes left. Um, like it, it, <laughs> it starts off as a Thanksgiving movie, but then it goes left when those people, those FBI guys, are made. But exactly. But I, I think that uh, it's gonna be similar to that where we're dealing with different societal and general like you know you know the casting cultures that they're saying i think it'd be pretty mm-hmm. funny with the group of guys that we're gonna have involved i can only imagine that what travis bennett's gonna do he's probably like the brother he's probably lauren london's brother and I, I, all right let me see if i can guess this cast eddie murphy's his dad or lauren london's dad sam jay's probably her sister um neil long's probably her mo- n- n- wait i'm getting to that neil long's probably her mom Julia Louis Drivers and David Duchovny's uh, is is uh which call it's Jonah Hill's de- family. Molly Gordon's probably like his sister. Travis is the brother. Andrea Salvage and Rio Perman are some people related to fucking Andy. Jonah Hill. Lala Anthony and Dion Cole are like the uncle and aunt of Lauren London or the cousins. Like they're 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 a couple outside of the uh, out like they're they're a couple that's like on the outside of the family. I got you. I'm I'm willing to bet yeah. I'm I'm right about that. This, this I want to I want to know the title. Mm-hmm. I want to know who's who's gonna play who and see a trailer soon. I guess it's gonna come out next year. Yeah, it's the 2022 Netflix slate. So next up, we got Pierce Brosnan signed on to star in Fast Charlie. 
a hitman thriller from director Philip Noyce. The film is based on Victor Gershel's Edgar Award nominated Gun Monkeys. It centers on Charlie Swift, who has worked for his aging mob boss Stan for 20 years, skillfully operating as a prolific fixer, an efficient hitman. When a rival boss moves to eliminate Stan and his entire team, he fails in wiping the team clean. Now on his own, Charlie will stop at nothing to avenge his friend and has no plan to leave anyone alive. Hey, look. Pierce Brosnan said, if anybody can get some of these movies, give me one of them. I can do action. Let's go, Dr. Fate. I'm in. We're in the Brosnesance. The Brosnesance. I'm calling it Black Adam, this movie. It's going to happen. If you can make, uh, what's his name from, you know, Better Call Saul guy, Bob <laughs> Odenkirk. Yeah, and, and nobody. Like, if I can, if I can and, fuck with nobody, I can believe Pierce Brosnan. So I, I'm into it. It kind of reminds me of Punisher. Yep. So time me up for Pierce Brosnan. I'm wondering, I'm wondering, you know, how budgeted to see me and where it's going to show up. No, I agree. All right. Well, ne- next up, we got Christian Navarro from 13 Reason Why and Greg Solkin, Disney guy, but also from Marvin Runaways, are the latest additions to the cast of Melissa Miller Costanzo's indie The List, starring the previously announced Houston Sage, the comedy pinned by Rob Letterer and Steve Vitolo, centers on Abby Sage, a woman who is about to get married for whom everything is perfect until she finds out her fiance slept with a celebrity from his free pass list. To get her mind off of things, Abby and her best friend Chloe come up with a crazy idea. Abby should pursue a celebrity from her own list, but then things get complicated when she needs Jake Navarro, a sweet and charming waiter at a neighborhood cafe who gives her a fresh perspective. Uh, Sulkin will play Cooper, a celebrity of Abby's free pass list. Look, bro, this movie is fake. If she gets upset at that guy for sleeping with the free pass list, that's why you make a free pass list. It's a free pass list. If she ends up with this waiter, I'm going to be pissed off at this fucking movie. Yeah, I knew that you would appreciate this since you've talked about your pass list before. Yes! You don't say you have a free pass list unless it's for a free pass. Like, you agree on this before. I'm sorry that the man slept with his free pass. Why don't you go sleep with your free pass? But you can't get with no fucking waiter. That's not the same. Yeah, yeah, no. We'll we'll see how this all (laughs) turns out. But, you know, there's a pretty interesting cast. I'm going to watch uh, this. I'm interested in the movie. This, this know, is already like Halston Sage. Halston Sage. She's been, you know, she was in the Orville. She was in. Uh, I kind of like Greg Sulkin. Yeah, Greg Sulkin from Runaways. He's in a really sh- stupid show on Netflix right now. Pretty what's smart. His, what's his Disney show? That's where I know him from. He's, he's in what? Disney he's in Wizards? Show. He's in Wizards of Waverly Place? I think he did have a stint on Wizards of Waverly Place. What I remember him from is the show called Faking It on MTV. Mm. Was he on Jesse? That that, that that's my brother's time. I, I just, didn't watch Jesse. I I, I, I only know that show exists because of my brother. But like Greg Solkin, what was this dude on? Let me see. He, I think it was Wizards. It was Wizards. Schubert. Okay, I was. But you're right. Faking it is is his show. His other show. But yeah, it is Wizards. Yeah. Okay, I knew I'm not crazy. Oh right, yeah, Marvel's Runaway. All right. Oh, he was but, on yeah. Melissa and Joey. Mm. No, you might remember that then too. Yeah, that, but that was like a sitcom though. But all right, yeah, shout out to Greg Sokin. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, so I thought you'd like that because of the the whole list thing. I do we'll enjoy that how, story. What that? I feel like that's something that's gonna be on Hulu. Hopefully, really I'll watch it. Um, but anyway, the next story we got is Emma Roberts, John Gallagher Jr., and two-time Oscar nominee Michael Shannon will a star in Spencer Squire's first feature called Abandon, the recently wrapped thriller written by Squire 
follows a mother, father, and infant son as they move into a remote farmhouse, which harbors a dark, tragic history. As their fam- as their home's past is revealed, the mother's fragility escalates to a state of psychosis that jeopardizes her own safety and that of her newborn son. I'm wondering if Robert's going to be this mother. Yeah, and, give her an adult role. And is Michael Shannon going to be like the killer? Probably. Mm, I'm into it. This sounds good. You know me. I'm, any, give me a thriller, some crime. I'll check it out as long as it's good. I, I do appreciate a good thriller that has, that's very minimalistic. Not a lot of mm-hmm. care. Not a lot of characters. Just, just, just good actors. That's all I need. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I got is the cast is rounding out on Boy Kills World. The Isaiah Mus- with Isaiah Mustafa joining the action pick set in the dystopian fever dream reality that is gearing up to shoot in South Africa. As previously revealed, Bill Sarsgaard, Samara Weaving, and martial arts expert Yayan Ruhian are leading the movie, which follows Boy, played by Sarsgaard, a deaf mute with a vibrant imagination. When his family is murdered, he escapes to the jungle and is trained by a mysterious shaman to repress his childish imagination and become an instrument of death. This sounds like another just Punisher-type situation. Pretty much, but you know, I like a good Samara Weaving movie. Same. I do too. I'm a Samara so, Weaving fan. Bring it shout, on. Out to, shout out to Ready or Not. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, so the next story we got, Billy Porter set to direct a feature film adaptation of Camp, a teen comedy about love, musical theater, and summer camp. The movie set at Warner Brothers is and scheduled to premiere on HBO Max is based on Lev Rosen's young adult novel. It centers on a 16-year-old Randy Kappelhoff who spends his summers at Camp Outland, an outdoor oasis for queer teens. It's there that he meets his best friend, stars in the big musical, and falls in love with Hudson, a boy who doesn't know he exists. So Randy reinvents him, or who falls in love with Hudson, a boy who doesn't know he exists. So Randy reinvents himself as a buff, masculine Dell who foregoes his beloved show tunes, nail polish, and uniform bed sheets to capture the heart of the hunky camper. But as he and Hudson grow closer, Randy has to consider how much he's willing to change for love. It's a good coming of age film for kids these days. I'm, I'm not or for teens these days. I'm not mad at it. You know, yeah, not my type of movie, but but good for them. Yeah, no, it should be a good movie for HBO Max to put out. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me of like Camp Rock. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. A little Camp Rock with a little book smart in there. Hey man, yeah. do do your thing. Get get that bag, Billy Porter. I fuck with Billy Porter, so do your thing, bro. Um, next up, we got Vigo Mortensen and Caleb Landry Jones will lead the cast of Two Wolves, a Vietnam War set thriller, uh, being helmed by Oscar-winning documentarian Alex Gibney. The picks tell the story of a high a helicopter pilot Hugh Thompson, who during the war turned against his fellow soldiers to halt the massacre of unarmed civilians in the village of Mai La and rescued survivors of the atrocities. Instead of being treated as a hero, Thompson was branded a traitor and threatened with court-martial. It came down to William, or General William Ray Pierce to investigate what really happened at Mai La and to corroborate the truth of Hugh Thompson's story. I'm guessing that Viggo Mortensen is Ge- General William Ray Pierce and Caleb Landry-Jones is going to be the guy, Hugh Thompson. It's a crazy story. But yes. I, this is very... Um, much the story of things that happened in Vietnam. I think it's going to be a, a pretty good movie if done well. Yep. I'm definitely going to check this out. Right. Again, another thriller right up my alley. 
Next up, we got the Craig Robinson Lake Peacock comedy series, Killing It. Has it set its main cast? Claudia O'Doherty from uh, Love and Trainwreck, Rel Battle from Blackish and The Good Doctor, Scott MacArthur from The Mick and Righteous Dreamstones, Stephanie Nuagras from The Good Flight and Switch at Birth, Wyatt Walter from Sons of Thunder, and Jet uh, Miller have all joined Robinson in the series. Robinson stars in a half-hour series as Craig, a man who will do anything to make his American dream come true, even compete in a state-sponsored pylon or python, python. hunt. The sh- oh, Python Hunt. The show was ordered uh, to series at the stream in February. O'Doherty will play Jillian, a down-on-her-luck Uber driver who introduces Craig to the bizarre world of snake hunting. Battle will play Isaiah, Craig's younger brother, whose version of the American dream is a lot less legal than a lot less legal than Craig's. Mithar- Mc- Ugh. MacArthur will play Brock, a rival snake hunter and aspiring social media star. Nuagras will play Camille, Craig's ex-wife, whom he uneasily co-parents the preteen daughter v- Vanessa, which Miller will play, who idolizes her father but wants nothing to do with hunting snakes. Walter Plew will play Corby, Brock's teenage son and reluctant cameraman. All right, this doesn't sound too bad. I'm interested no, in this. Funny. I'm interested in this, especially since he's like hunting snakes to make some yeah. money. Like what? <laughs> That's crazy. And then, like, I'm assuming his ridiculous. his brother's a drug dealer. So I'm interested in all of this. Yeah, I think it's gonna be pretty funny. It definitely sounds like the kind of peacock series that you'd want to tap into as a peacock owner. All right, but next up we got Grammy winners Roddy Rich, Ella May, and Macy Gray have all signed on to star in the animated feature Sneaks with five-time nominee Sway Lee and NBA superstar Chris Paul joining the cast. As previously announced, Oscar nominee Lawrence Fishburne will lend his voice and produce. The film centers on a pair of misplaced sneakers that end up lost in New York City that must find their way back to their soulmates with the help of a charming Oxford, an elegant stiletto, and a gifted young athlete they must band together to thwart the evil collector and the mysterious and the mysterious forger. Paul will play himself hosting a MetLife gala event for sneakerheads seen in the film. What? What is this? Like, wait, so Chris Paul's going to play himself in a sneakerhead event and the sneakers going to jump off the shelf and go on an adventure? Is that what this is? Something like that. Bro, no, Chris Paul, spend your money at doing other stuff, dog. What are you doing? What, who talked Chris Paul into this? Like, who told Chris Paul this was a good idea? He was definitely drinking wine at LA some night. And somebody was like, Yeah, I got this idea, Chris. Does he share agents with Sway Lee? I don't know, but like, I don't like this. Whatever. Kids movie. Le- Chris Paul said, If LeBron can get Space Jam, let me make the sneaker movie. <laughs> All right. It seems like more something that they would have got Carmella for. <sighs> Or Dwayne Wade. Oh, yeah. Dwayne Wade would have been good. Sure. If it was Dwayne Wade, then Gabrielle Union would have been in it. And she might have told him, let's get a better story than this. Like, let's make it a dog, not like That's a probably why Dwayne Wade's true. not in it. True. True, 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 true. But that's all I got on that. I'm not. That's crazy. Yeah. Actor and filmmaker Rupert, Rupert Everett will direct Lost and Found in Paris based on his own true life experiences. Kit Clark will play Everett's younger self, an unruly teenager set, sent by his exasperated parents to live in a, with a Parisian socialite family to learn French and grow up. The cast also includes John Malkovich, Christian Scott Thomas, as well as uh, Rupert Everett himself in a supporting role. The film will follow Rupert, a 17-year-old art student in Paris in 1977 who is seduced into the hedonistic world of rival fashion designers 
Gary St. Lazar and Wim Waldemeyer in the dying days of disco. Rupert has a sexual awakening and experiences a dark first love. Only after tragedy strikes does he realize that some loyalties don't last forever. The film will feature a soundtrack filled with some of the greatest hits of the disco and punk era. Everett said, Lost and Found in Paris is a film about the roller coaster of life, the exuberance and glamour of youth seen through the lens of a life well lived. I, live, I went to Paris on an exchange trip in 1977. I was supposed to learn French, instead, discovered fashion, disco, drugs, rent boys, and finally, right at the edge of the abyss myself. This sounds good, man. I'm interested in this. You know me, I always love like a good drug induced movie of like them experiencing crazy shit. And this seems like it's a set piece. We'll see how France looks in the 70s. Like all that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm interested. That's what I was in thinking. This. I was like, we've seen a, plenty of 70 movies, but we've never really seen a 70 movie set in Paris. And that's like, why. That be like? And just to, and not to jump ahead, but that's why Last Night in Soho was so interesting because we got to see England in the 60s, seeing like something that's a different perspective than ours in America. And this sounds like a, I don't want to say a coming of age, but like, I don't want to say Wolf of Wall Street, but it's like this, that type of, you know, that type of movie of like, what's a what's a good comparison to that? Like, I'm trying to think of like a hedonistic like movie where it's all about drugs, sex and rock and roll. And it's about that type of story. I don't want to say like The Hangover. Almost Famous, almost famous is a good one. Um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is another good one. Something like that in that vein, but more so following young kids, Project X type shit, but in France, but a little more serious. Uh, Next story. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about that. I think that's going to be pretty interesting. I don't know much about, you know, who Rupert Everett is as a person, but this does sound like a pretty interesting story. I'm into it. Uh, So the next story we got is the ESPN program E60 will present Bonds on November 7th at 930 Eastern Time. The one-hour primetime special will include interviews from Jim Leland, Bond's manager for the first seven years of his career, Dusty Baker, his manager for the next 10, and teammates like Andy Van Slyke, Will Clark, and Eric Davis. Several longtime baseball journalists and ESPN personnel will also appear along with Eric Stroll, the vice president of the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is included in the project through the use of exclusive archival material. Mm, so that means he probably not talking. Look, well, it's I'm, like the Woods documentary. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch this. I'm always interested in docs about great athletes. And Barry Bonds is one of those athletes that, due to the steroid era, a lot of people give him shit. But if we look at it, Barry Bonds is one of the greatest baseball players ever. Yeah, and like a really good documentary, I think it's a 30 for 30 to look back on, is like the McGuire versus Sosa home run battle of that time. You know, sure, like a lot of that stuff is tainted now because of the stuff we know about the steroid era. But at the time, baseball was bigger than it is now by a mm-hmm. long shot because of players like Barry Bonds. Yeah. And, you know, I would love to revisit that time um, and through the eyes of some of his managers and, and teammates. And just, it's crazy because Duster, Dusty's in the World Series right now. His ass might have got beat tonight, though. Yeah, I don't know the score of that. But I don't, and I yeah, don't actually really care to find out. <laughs> I'm gonna look. I'm gonna Google it. Oh, Whatever. Houston won. Houston pulled it out. So it's going. It's no, three so two. It's still going. Yeah, still going. All right. Well, whatever. Um, and the last story we got is just a amendment to a story we had maybe two weeks ago. 
but because of issues around the life rights of Joan Rivers, the limited series which Catherine Hahn was going to play her uh, is not not is now not moving see, forward. See, Catherine Hahn shouldn't have been pushing for that for that Agatha series. She should have been pushing for this. That would have pushed her to the next level as Joan Rivers, Agatha Harkness. It makes me think that what they were going to do was not going to like make Joan, Joan Rivers, Rivers in a good way. <laughs> they were going for all the the real shit. I yeah. fuck with it. So that kind of that's kind of bums me out. <laughs> but all right, well, yeah, that's all our news for this week. It's time to get into the segment of the show that we call Movie on the Rise, where we suggest one movie or TV show that's coming out this week that we think you should watch. Shuby, what you got? Well, I guess you know we both are saying that despite all the reviews, we're gonna watch the Eternals. Yeah, we are. Um, I don't really know if there's anything that's coming out on Netflix. Yeah, it's worth checking out. Harder They Fall. Oh, Harder They Fall. So there you go. No, there's a lot of good stuff that's coming on Netflix. Hold on, let me tell you. Because there's Netflix, actually, this is the week that I think oh, Netflix Big is going to be popping. Yeah. Big Mouth, Forge and Fire. Forge and Fire drops. Harder yep. They Fall. Harder They uh, Fall. Dave Chappelle's Block Party, I think. Yeah, it comes, to, comes out tomorrow. Yep. Um... Next week's a big a big week for Netflix as well. But Catching Killers, the uh, the new serial killer documentary, which people say is going to be good, that comes out this oh, week. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Big Mouth drops Friday. Um, let's see, Sixty Days In that comes out this week on Netflix as well. Love Hard, that new dating movie about Christmas. Yeah. Next Narcos Mar- Mexico season three that comes out this week as well. But next week's going to be popping on Netflix. I think that's everything for this week, really. That's really big. Yep. No, next next week is huge. Super Crooks. I'm so excited for that. That's going to be a good show on Netflix. Yeah, but uh, Eternals and Harder They Fall are really the only big movie releases. Yeah. Uh, On Apple TV, the movie Finch is coming out with Tom Hanks, where it's kind of like that dystopian him at the end of the world with only robots. Okay, that's not bad. That's not that's not Finch, I'm not going to watch it, though. Are you going to watch Finch? Mm, no. <laughs> All right. I probably will at some point if it's like, you know, a rainy day, but I'm not watching it this weekend, probably. I don't blame you. I'm not watching that shit. So, but definitely Eternals, going to talk about it next week, as well as... um. As well as um fucking what else? Oh, harder they fall. I'm definitely watching that. Fall. Yeah, we're definitely reviewing that next week. And gonna have our bachelorette review. I'm still behind. I'm gonna be caught up oh, this yeah. week, ladies and gents. But with that being said, um, shoot, you want to toss it to me for the fucking uh for our for our last night in Soho review? Yeah, man. Let's uh let's hear your thoughts on last night in Soho. Hello, bros who binge nation. Look, so. As y'all know, Schubert has not been watching some of the latest movies and I've been watching them and me and him talked. We need those things reviewed. So we're bringing in another correspondent. We got Ian Hawley to review stuff with us, as y'all see on Run It Back. But now introducing my guy, Mr. Charlie Long. I saw last night in Soho with him. You can follow yes. him on Twitter at Charlie Long 1698. Welcome, Charlie. Glad to have you. Part of the Bros Who Binge family. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It was fun watching that movie with you after uh, doing that high school football late at night. But yeah, that's was, a fact. Uh, that's a fact. It was a nice little reprieve. 
we've literally been watching the past couple of big major movies. Like we watched mm-hmm. Dune, we watched mm-hmm. uh, No Time to Die. So, mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll probably, well, me and Schubert review Dune because Schubert saw that one. Me and you probably do No Time to Die review at some point, or maybe, maybe a little something else with James Bond. Y'all will see soon enough once we finish all the the James Bond movies. That's a little, that's a little, that's a tease. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's going to be what I'm going to be doing in November. I've been doing all my horror movies in October. I've been seeing all these different movies, but now that I'm going to have that done with, I'll be able to uh, be free to watch all the Bond movies. <laughs> I, I've seen the first couple. Like I, I uh, on my rewatch, I watched Dr. No. I watched From Russia With Love. Like I'm watching them in order. Um, so we'll get to that in like November, probably. And, and so with that being said, let's get to last night in Soho Review, which funny enough is kind of a horror movie. Got to give oh, yeah. last night in Soho its credit. Now, this is a film not doing too hot in the box office, but I could have told you that it's an indie movie. It was yeah. literally me, me and Charlie and two other people. In the two theater. other people. Yeah. And, and, and I got to say at the end. Oh, and this is a spoiler review, by the way. So like we'll do non spoiler in the beginning. I'll tell you when the spoiler stuff comes. But like funny enough. Even the people in the in the in the theater were talking with us. It was great. That was, yeah, a, it was pretty that, fun. That was a good movie experience. Cannot lie. But last night in Soho um, is starring our girl Anya Taylor Joy, directed by um, Edgar Wright. Also stars Matt Smith, and really the day not well, I don't want to say the debut, but this is kind of her big big role. Thompson uh, McKenzie. Also, some other people, Mike, Michael, Ajayo, and that's our guy, good guy, Greg, as we will call him. His name in the movie is John. He's the MVP of the movie. But, <laughs> but <laughs> Dude's good guy, Greg. Now, let's get into it. I get, right, Let's do our non-spoiler thoughts. Charlie, give me your non-spoiler thoughts for the people out there that, you know, might want to go see the movie. What should they know? Like, is it worth them going see non-spoiler thoughts i thought it was an interesting movie um i like edgar wright but this was so like out of his element you know like from the movies that i've seen i've seen like hot fuzz and and sean of the dead and like the comedy movies that he's done i don't even think i've seen baby driver yet uh that was a movie that i missed in like 2017 but that was like his attempt at like an action movie right but this one is it's so it's as you said it's literally a nightmare like the entire movie, like so much bad stuff happens. It's so like intense and suspenseful and just, I don't know, it's really well-directed. That's the biggest credit I can give it. Well-directed, well-acted. Um, the writing is interesting too. Like I, I, there's a, you know, we'll get into the spoilers later, but there's a really cool twist at the end of the movie that I enjoyed a lot. Um, but just kind of following th- this girl, like through this complete nightmare scenario, it's yeah. just, it's, it's pretty crazy, man, for sure. And that's the thing, like, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time because at first you're like, okay, what is this? Like, are we about to just see, like, some slice of life shit where girl can see dead people? Like, and that's not a spoiler. That's not a spoiler because y'all know if you saw the trailer, you know what that is. But, um, so, yeah, is it that? And then all of a sudden it goes left because, like, when you watch the trailer, it's like, oh, okay, it's a murder mystery, but, like, when's it going to go left? And then when it goes left, it's like, all right, I'm in this. I'm in this. But then he goes immediately right. Mm-hmm. It's like didn't see this coming. And it's like it just gets worse and worse yeah. in, in the best way possible. Worse for the characters. But it's it's really like a it continues rolling down this hill of just nightmare. Like that's the best word I can use for this movie. It's just a total nightmare scenario. And like some of the sequences that Wright does in the movie, there's so many like colors that he uses and a lot of style that he puts into it. And that's, you kind of expect that from a filmmaker like Edgar Wright. He's very talented and his talented filmmaking comes out in this movie. 
yep. which is cool. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's probably the best compliment I can give it is that it's really well made. Uh, it's well written. It's well acted. Um, and the story is really interesting. So no, 100 percent. And so. So, yeah, that, that, that's that's our spoiler thoughts, um, I guess. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. Yeah. Non spoiler thoughts. I guess I could say to give the people the rating early. So the people who see the non spoiler and want to go check it out, what would you rate it like one through ten? probably like a seven. Ooh, okay, maybe, okay, okay. Maybe like a seven, something, something around there. Um, I thought it was good, man. I, I, I thought that I, there's, it's not a perfect movie for no. sure. I mean, there's plenty of issues with it, but, um, overall, like I, I was kind of surprised. I wasn't expecting to go see it until you had let us know or let me know about it. But, you know, I went in knowing very little about the movie. I just knew that it was an Edgar Wright film, uh, with some of the actors like Anya Taylor-Joy and stuff like that. Um, and the ride, the ride was interesting. I, I I got my money's worth. I'll say I'll give it like a seven five, like a seven okay. five. Like I enjoyed it. The same had one of the best twists I've seen in a while. It was a good twist. We'll talk don't, about it. Don't go into it knowing anything. Like I understand you're seeing our non-spoiler thoughts, but like besides this, don't go into it seeing anything else. Just there's go watch the movie. Drive. There's not much to say about this movie non-spoiler because yeah. a lot of my thoughts on it are like including the story and like what happens and why, like, that's why I like it is what happens in the story. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what makes it memorable for me. No, 100%. Now, now let's get to our spoilers. Boy, do people. Oh, wait, let me, let me count. Let me give them a, <laughs> five, like a five second count. So five, four, three, two, one, get out of here. If you haven't seen it, my goodness, people <laughs> suck in this movie. Like, they, like just, they absolutely just suck. So bad for our main, our main character is played by, um, I'm forgetting her name. Off oh, the top. Thomas, Thomas, and, Thomas yeah, McKenzie, McKenzie yeah. which I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit. So I think that's like her only other kind of big role. Um, but she's excellent in this movie. She plays Ellie, the main character, who's uh, just this farm girl uh, that moves into the big city of London uh, as an aspiring designer. And she lives with like this horrible, like, like the one of the worst, like meanest characters you'll see in a movie like this. Costa sucked. Dude. Like, it was so bad. Like she just yep. moved in and then like, okay, so she's like, how'd your mom die? Well, she, yeah, she, she invaded on her personal space of like, yeah, about her family. And then she mm -hmm. told her, and then she was like, well, well, my parents died. She was one of those attention seeking vampires. I started watching, uh, awful. I started watching what we do in the shadows the other day. And like, there's an attention seeking vampire that just sucks other people's energy. And that's what Jocasta was. She was terrible, terrible. Yeah, no, like, as you said, kind of, you're kind of alluding to it. There's like three decent characters. And when I say decent, I mean like nice characters. Yeah. Like almost everyone in this movie is terrible, like terrible, terrible people. And it's, it's like, because she's, from like a small town in England and mm -hmm. then she moves to the big city. She's not like used to being treated by like just terribly by these. Yeah. She's kind of people. She's kind of, I don't want to say getting taken advantage of cause she doesn't, but like at first she's like giving them the benefit of the doubt and doesn't see that they're shitty. But once she realizes she's the fuck out of there and that's yeah. kind of what starts the movie when she moves out of her college dorm into this flat in London with this mm. lady who gives her a shit ton of rules and was like, yeah, no men up in here mm. uh, past eight o'clock. Like, fuck that. And yeah, so basically that's like the start of, of everything. And then, you know, she's designing things. She meets this guy named John. Like, we call him good guy. Greg was nice to her and whatnot. Was trying to ask her to go out. And 
doesn't really work. She kind of rejects him. And she then goes back to her flat. And, st- and this is where the movie begins, where she starts mm-hmm. to see, uh, because she can see dead people, like we said in the, in the non-spoiler, and she sees her mom at in like various portions of her life. But she's in this flat, and she starts to experience 60s uh, England in the vein of this girl named, in the body of this girl named Sandy, which is a crazy concept. Like, and see... This is my first, uh, Charlie, I do things called Are We Sure's of like, mm. are we sure? Because when they showed the hickey on her neck from experiencing the first night, he kind of left that for the rest of the movie. Like, she didn't receive no damage for anything else. Like, it was like, Sandy was getting cut. Yeah, it was a little strange. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, but as soon as like it enters that, there's a lot of really cool filmmaking with like mirrors and stuff and, mm-hmm. and um and like windows like where you'll see anya taylor joy's character walking or like sandy walking around and in the mirror you see ellie the, the main character like looking at her and just kind of going through the experience it's almost like she's like along for the ride which is a kind of a cool concept for like a nightmare type of scenario where she's watching the life of this girl in the 60s unfold and it just goes so downhill so yeah fast. it goes south really fast and like so basically, she's just she gets suckered in by this guy, Matt Smith. And it's like, OK, we're going to get you a job singing. Uh, she 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 thinks she's going to sing. She, she's digging this guy. This guy protects her. Then she we see her first night singing. And, and I'm like, I'm sitting there trying. I'm like, hmm, she looks like a burlesque dancer. She kind of she might be like a, a stripper in the 60s. And I, yeah. I, and I say that and I'm like, I'm saying that to him because I'm like, I don't know. If she's really singing. This is me not knowing that she's a prostitute later down the line. And I'm and I'm like, oh shit, she is a stripper. And then it goes downhill because Matt Smith's pimping her out to all these guys, and all these guys are like just yeah, taking advantage cool, of her. Like, yeah, that's that cool crazy. Like you you meet Matt Smith's character for the first time, and he seems like you know decent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like the very next nightmare scenario, he's just taking advantage of this girl, and he's just like basically almost like pimping her out. It's it's yep. really fu- it's it's really messed up. Yeah, and, and so then that's just the downhill slope of like it just her, keeps going from there. It, it keeps getting worse and worse until Ellie like realizes like, oh, she this sees is, she's yeah. she's hooking up with good guy Greg, and then boom, she has like the worst like like the worst vision sight, whatever you want to call it, and she thinks Sandy gets killed, and it's like, oh, I need to figure out who yeah. killed Sandy. It turns into like a murder mystery, but like yeah. before that, like the first nightmare that she or dream that she has of sandy it's almost like she she views her almost idealistically mm-hmm. um and she goes back to the 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 school like the school that she's attending for fashion design and she starts designing this dress that sandy was wearing in the 60s and she gets really into like 60s like design uh, yep. art design so um it's it's almost like a positive effect and <laughs> that's like the only time it's like that in the movie because then for the rest of the movie it's these terrible things happening regarding Sandy in the sixties that she keeps experiencing and seeing. And then another thing that I really like about the movie, and this probably could have been in the non-spoilers review, but you're, I was, I don't know about you, Lynn, but when I was watching it, I was kind of wondering, is she like schizo is like, she's schizophrenic or these like visions that she's just seeing Cause she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Or is this like happening for a reason? Because they were saying, um, that her mother had killed herself because of mental health issues. So I was wondering if that's where Edgar Wright was going to go with it. And it really wasn't. Yeah, it really wasn't. And, and see, that was another, are we sure I had when she went to see the cops to tell him like she witnessed mm-hmm. this murder in her vision. I was like, 
I don't know. Maybe in London they're nice, but like if if Charlie, if that would have happened Throw you out in, on the in, curb. in New Orleans, in yeah. Lafayette, they would have put him, they would have put him get in him a mental health facility. They'd be like, mm-hmm. get her, get her out of here. Get her so on like, some meds. That's what that would have happened. So I'm like, I don't know if she would have broke free. Another are we sure is when like um first off, I don't know if I'm John, aka good guy Greg, after that instance where she sees um Sandy get murdered. I don't know if I'm talking to her again, but then when we go to the library and he tries to help her, which was so nice, he was like, Yeah, my aunt believes in all kind of crazy shit. So, like, whatever, I'm with you. I'm rocking. I thought that I thought he's, that was, I thought that was really, funny. He really is the MVP of the film. He's mm-hmm. he's like we, we were talking about how many trash people there are in this movie, like just terrible, awful people. Our good guy, Greg John, is like one of the three nice characters, one of the three but, decent human beings. Me personally, couldn't have been with her, especially after the library. Yeah. When she's in the library and starts running around with kills. those scissors yeah. mm-hmm. and almost mm-hmm. kills Jacosta. I was like, well, oh, no. We got to explain that. So she goes to the library to look up like when she sees Anya Taylor, Joy, Sandy get murdered. Um, she wants to look up all these different articles and stuff for, from the 60s about unsolved murder cases. And what you and, don't realize, and see, this is the, we gotta say this, what you don't realize during it is Edgar Wright's laying hints the whole time that the twist is coming. Like, yeah. in in the moment, like we talked about when she saw Sandy's murder originally, uh, her landlord comes up and was like, yo, you lucky that dude left. I was gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just brushed it over. We really we're, did. We're watching the thing. She's looking at at this document that Charlie's talking about, and it's just a bunch of missing men. And we're like, whatever. Where's yeah. the missing women? Like, whatever. Like, this this guy Matt Smith's killing people. So that's what we're looking for. And you're so zeroed in on that that you don't realize what's about to come. He really does lay out the hands. And I'm sure if I rewatch this, which is kind of one of my, and I'll get to that later. I think. One of my biggest issues with the movie is that I've seen it and I don't really feel like seeing it again anytime soon, but I'm sure knowing the twist and rewatching it later on, I would definitely be able to pick up on a lot more of that. Like, cause we were even able to pick up on it after finishing, like yeah. after the twist happened, we're like, Oh yeah, I remember this happened, this happened, this happened. So in the library, she's looking at these articles about missing people and then she starts to see like these ghostly figures and, and she like almost enters the, like this nightmare world again, where there's like these, all these men that yep. she's seen from like the, the earlier nightmare visions. Yeah. All the men who, who, assaulting who was, Sandy. Yeah. And who and, uh, um, bought her out. Yeah. Yeah. That have been assaulting her back in the sixties, but their faces are all like contorted and like mm-hmm. missing and stuff. And it's like, really, it, it's a nightmare scenario. Their faces are so creepy and it's, it's just, super scary. Yeah. It's strange. But, uh, so she starts freaking out and it, it all like ends up with her running around with scissors and she almost kills like the, the roommate from the start of the film. Oh, it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. And so, and so that's, I guess that brings us to like the end, which is like her being like, nah, we gotta, we gotta finish this. Well, no, 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 actually, no, actually, no. Before that, she thinks she knows who Matt Smith is. She thinks oh, she knows yeah. who we that is. Even, we haven't even yeah. mentioned that character. And, and okay. it's, it's this older gentleman who she's mm-hmm. been seeing throughout the movie. She takes a bartending job earlier, but yeah. And like throughout this movie while she's bartending and getting money to pay for stuff for her design school, uh, she keeps seeing this guy, this guy over and over, 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 over. And this dude, she thinks is Matt Smith. Well, she confronts the, the guy. Guy's like, I'm not dealing with this. It's Alex. And I'm like, wait, who the fuck is Alex? And he mm-hmm. said it all cool. And I'm just like, who the fuck is that? 
Dude's like, no, I'm not dealing with this. I'm thinking dude's line. Not, bro, you're lying. So we, we go follow him. Dude stops, screams at her, tells her the Alex thing was like, I've been trying to help. I'm police. Then bow gets hit by a he car. Gets he gets, gets popped and he just dies. And it's just like, up. oh, wait. Because the whole movie is kind of like alluding to it. Like this guy has like been watching her the whole time. And he's he kind of does look like Matt Smith, though. I'll, he I'll, does. I, I was totally buying in. I, was, I, I saw him and I just figured that this is going to be the dude that killed this girl 50 years ago. Um, and he's just still around. But he just he dies. Out. And then it turns out that he's another character from one of the original dream sequences that was yep. actually a cop the whole time who was trying to solve the vice shit and was actually mm-hmm. trying to help Sandy. Mm-hmm. And, like- and then he just dies and the we're just like what happened like we had all the clues leading to this guy being the killer and then it just totally turns it on its head it's really and see, cool and see now that i said that he was trying to help sandy i feel like by the time he meets sandy he's trying to figure out where all these missing men are because like she's the last one to see him yeah, which she, which I mean blows the you know the the, the 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 spoiler reveal, but like that's the thing. Like Sandy turns out to be the killer, which is nuts. Yeah, that's that's the big review is that uh, reveal is that Sandy was the killer and she, she killed all these men and all and the she's men that the you've landlord. Seeing, yeah, all the men that you've been seeing in the nightmare sequences without the faces are are trying to get Thompson's character Ellie to help them mm-hmm. and, and kill this evil woman uh, that murdered them all in the the sixties. And yeah, it's 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 wild. Uh, and see, she, and, and see, it, it has so much uh, like gray area because it's like, damn, she didn't ask to be in this situation. She shouldn't have killed these people, but she didn't ask to be this. So like, is she even? That's why Ellie was like, I'm not gonna do it. Like, she didn't want this. Like, yeah, y'all shouldn't have died, but she shouldn't have been in this situation. So it's fucked. And it's like, damn, I see you, Edgar. Right? The little story. It's they're, really they're all in the floorboard. She hit all the dead bodies. And like on the, the walls. Yeah. 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 It's it's crazy. And she she said at the very end when she's like the, the house is burning down and stuff. And she's she's just saying, Oh, I died, like I died a long time ago. And she's this yep. old woman at and this she's point. She's just in in this but, hell. And like yeah. I think it I think it makes sense, like that she that it's burned. burns up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but hold on, another are we sure? Ellie definitely should have kicked that old lady's ass, bro. Like the whole time I'm sitting there like, kick her in the knee. She's moving super slow. And like, that's actually beautiful filmmaking to where it's like Ellie's on this drug. Like she's fighting the poison. She's moving really slow. Who's a killer that can move really slow? An old woman. I, I mean, that that is like beautiful writing. But like, boy, should have definitely kicked her. And if I'm Greg, because good guy Greg goes there to help, but gets stabbed. We get freaked out at that like, scene. I was like, bro, you you telling me you let this old lady stab you? Like, Charlie, I don't think her arm moved fast enough. For well, she, not just, to be she like, just shanked him. Uh. She just shanked him right <laughs> in like the stomach. And as soon as it happened, like he, he knocks on the door and he comes in because Ellie tells him, give me 15 minutes. If I'm not out in 15 minutes, then come find me. Come get me. Yeah. Uh, because she's trying to get out of there at this point, which I don't blame her whatsoever. So he got, he knocks on the door. He comes in and she shanks him. And we freaked out. We we're like, no, not one of not one of the only nice characters in the entire movie. But he made it's, it. Yeah, no, he made it. So that, made I, it. that's one thing as well. We somehow got a decent, like happy yeah, ending to this ex- movie. Didn't expect. I didn't that. expect it either. It was like the whole, entire movie was so horrible. Not not bad, but just horrible sequences happening one after the other, and then somehow we get like a happy ending and yep. it was pretty it was, it was nice. ellie gets her dream of designing designs she becomes a, a designer. inspired thing she gets with her guy john and 
Her grandma's happy. Her grandma comes up. Happy ending. Didn't expect it, you know, but whatever. No, me neither. Solid movie. Like I said, 7.5, you know. I think, so. I think a movie. seven's probably what I would give it. Like, it definitely does have its issues, but I really enjoyed the story. I thought yeah, the fun. That's yeah, the thing. No, it, was, it was a fun movie. And I think with, with a talented filmmaker like Wright, you kind of expect to go into a movie and just have a good time with whatever he's going to, mm. whatever stories you want to lay out for you. Not going to say it's Wright's best movie. I still, no, I still stand either. behind Baby Driver. I, I need to see it. I still, or I'd even say one of the Cornetto trilogies like Shaun of the Dead or Hot I love Buzz. Shaun of the Dead. I love both of those movies. But I don't think it's this, but this is a good movie for his repertoire. Definitely going to be one when we talk about Edgar Wright in like 20 years that people's going to be like, Last Night Solo is underrated. It's underrated. And I, I feel like that's what, the, that's what it's going to be in like 10, 15 years. Like, it's, you didn't see that twist coming. But I don't know how run it backable it is. Like, how many times can you rewatch this? I don't know. Yeah. That's a big issue for it. But it's interesting seeing a guy that's more known for like comedy and like just goofy writing going a different fashion and going with this horror suspense, just thriller type of movie and doing a good job at it. Yeah, it, it, was, it was pretty cool. No, I agree. Well, all right, Charlie, man, tell the people they can follow you on social media. Charlie Long 1698 on Twitter. Charlie will uh, be that's out. Where you can find me. Charlie will be a back throughout. Takes. Throughout all of this, throughout all these movie shows, man, we're going to be bringing him back. He's going to be reviewing movies, writing stuff for the website. So y'all make sure y'all go follow him on Twitter and check out the stuff that he's going to be putting out with us, man. Appreciate you, Charlie. This is our first review, man. That's yeah, first wild. review. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we got a lot more coming for y'all. But let's finish up the pod with Bros Who Binge. Solid. That was our last night in Soho review. Shout out to my guy, Charlie Long, for coming on, talking that with us. He'll be coming out, like I said, throughout more, doing more movie reviews and everything with us. So I'm super excited for that. Schubert, what'd you think of Young Justice? I only got to see the first uh, the first episode, but like me and you were talking off air, a lot of this was just the Mars shit, and I don't really care about that when it comes to Young Justice. I'm going to be honest. I don't care about the McGann, Martian, her and Connor relationship. When I, saw, when I saw that was episode one, I wasn't really jumping to two, three, and four. Now, at the end of that episode, in episode one, is that when the Zeta 2 blows up? Yep. See now that got me. Like that when that first episode when that Zeta two blows up, I'm like, did Martian Manhunter just die? He didn't though. I don't think. No. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't. But at first, at that moment, like they kind of leave you on like a cliffhanger there, and I'm like, did Martian Manhunter just die? Did, did Young Justice really just go there and kill Martian Manhunter? That would be crazy. Well, I wish they did. I wish they would have. Because <laughs> like that's just the kind of stuff that they used to do in like the earlier seasons. Where I was like, man, they really just do that. Yeah, see, I don't know. But what'd you think of, like, this first four chunks? Uh, I mean, I'm just kind of, like, sick of the arc because, like, I don't know. I'm really just not interested in what's going on on Mars. Feels. Yeah, there was so much more stuff going on with, like, what was going on on Earth with the Outsiders and how the team is, is right now. And, you know, it's the beginning of a new season. So we kind of want to know how everybody's doing. And we're kind of just focusing on three characters in Mar on Mars. And I'm just, I'm like ready for that next arc. That aren't going to be relevant for the rest of the season. I saw that next picture with like Tigris, Cheshire, all that shit that's coming up next. That shit looks fire. Yeah. I'm, I'm down to, to get to some, uh, some different stuff in, in this young justice season, but you know, it is what it is. You got Figure out the beast boy is getting a little uh it's getting a little testy with his um 
teammates here. Mm, he doesn't like the outsiders. No, he loves the outsiders. He doesn't love being on Mars. He's oh. away from everybody. Well, he the and one like, who do, who said he wanted to get away for a month because him and his girl was having issues. Yeah, I mean, he put it on himself. It's something something on Mars ain't right. And like you'll find out in some later episodes that there is like some other forces at play that aren't Martians. Okay. And they seem like the people from the future. So like I, I don't know what that's the all. The Legion, entail, Legion so. of Tomorrow. So are you think they're at Mars? Yes, that's that that must be it. Okay. Cause the, cause the Legion was that that was the thing that ended last season where they showed the ring of like that's who was the people coming in this season. So that's who it is. Yeah. They're supposed the to be good guys though. Them around. Okay. They are, yeah. Somewhat. Okay. I mean, like they're trying they'll we're trying to figure them out right now. Like where I'm at right now, they're starting to emerge in the story. They haven't emerged to like the team, but you know, we'll figure out what they're all about here in a little while. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, like I said, we'll do a more in-depth review of Young Justice next week. I'll catch up on all that other shit because the arc that I'm waiting on is here. And then we'll do Bachelorette next week. But next week we'll have Eternals, Harder They Fall, Bachelorette. It's movie time, and I'm excited. Yeah. Bachelorette is going pretty pretty good right now. I mean, this season's probably better than Kate Thurston's season. That's for sure. Oh, don't say nothing. Then I'm getting. I'm don't say. Please don't say nothing. As soon as I finish, I have to go to sleep. I got to wake up for my show. But while I'm before I go to sleep, I haven't eaten yet. I'm going to eat me some ramen and watch the first episode of Bachelorette and go to sleep. I'm excited. So you haven't watched the limo interests or anything. Huh? I, I did, but I had to I watched halfway through it because me and my girlfriend had to go somewhere. But I did see that guy with his Speedo tux. And I was like, dude, that dude had the balls to wear a Speedo tux. But I should probably you restart. You see the dude who tried to like tell her to show him her tits or whatever, the New Orleans guy? See, I, I don't I, I don't I, I don't want to lie to you and, and tell you I saw that because I just remember certain things because I like I said, my girlfriend's friends were here and then we just all went go eat dinner at Pamplona. But that was that night I went to eat dinner. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't get to finish it. So but I'm yeah, going to just restart that. Some homie from New Orleans came in and wear some beads or whatever. And like, he tried to give Michelle the, some beads. He's like, show like, me he, your titties. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, you got to do something for those beads or whatever. You got to do like, something uh-huh, strange for that change. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, don't say that. <laughs> it's a New Orleans guy so, making us look bad. No, not, not a bad spoiler that he doesn't make it through 911. <laughs> I can or believe it. He doesn't get a res. <laughs> That's um, funny. But yeah, so I guess that wraps up everything for this episode of Bros. Bench. Some really great trailers. Finally, a Cowboy Bebop trailer for you to talk about. Um, so let us know what's going on with the Bros. Who Think Network. Got a new anime talk dropping this week. That'll be out on Tuesday. A new Bros. Who Think podcast dropping on Thursday. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. We got to pick the new run it back, which we'll probably record next week. So we'll pick it this week. But other than that, I think that's pretty much it. Some one piece manga content. But other than that, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to this at. And uh, be sure to follow, follow me at LimbyWT on Twitter and in uh, Letterboxd and follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. All right. Um, you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HBR14, Letterboxd, Adam BWT. I have movies I watched this week. I watched Ronin. Have you ever you watched Ronin, Ronin, with, Ronin with De Niro? With, uh, De Niro, yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I like that movie. I do. It's a pretty good spy movie. Yeah, it's a good little hitman. Like, oh, uh, and then Sean Bean gets capped early in the movie and it starts with yes. Sean Bean shit. Now, that movie's good. But the fucking thing that makes me 
makes me go insane about that movie is I think Natasha McEnroe the entire time is fucking um what's her name Meryl Streep um I confuse yeah. Natasha McEnroe and Meryl Streep all the time yeah they do look very similar especially in a movie like that because that's when Meryl Streep was like really young yeah uh the other movie I saw was Mulholland Ma- Falls is that good that's a noir movie no Mulholland Drive I- sorry no Mulholland Falls is the mob movie yeah, Mahalan Drive, is the, noir movie. is the David Lynch noir movie. Did, was that good? I've always wanted to watch it. Honestly, I have to read an article about it to understand what the fuck I watched. <laughs> I got, I, the the one the movie goes one whole way. It almost like does like a little, uh, maybe not Memento, but it almost does like a like a Fight Club switch up where like I'm wondering oh. like wait was everything that I was watching not real? What I was watching, yeah, mm. so. Okay, well, I always wanted to watch Mahalo Fall, but I'm glad you watched Ronin. Ronin's like in the Linden Classics. I love that movie. You should watch The Professional then. Watch The Professional, because I think that's on HBO Max too or on Amazon Prime. It's on uh, Netflix. Yeah, watch The Professional. professional? Yes, 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 yes. The guy from Ronin, yeah. And it has, now that you've seen Ronin and you fuck with him, watch it. It has Natalie Portman and Gary Oldman, a young Gary Oldman. Oh. Yeah, that's a great movie, so... But all right, well, uh, that wraps up everything for this week on the Bros Who Binge podcast. Make sure you catch us next week once we get into a new batch of movies. Talk about this Marvel movie that got the first rotten <laughs> score on Rotten Tomatoes. See, see what it's all about. Uh, but anyway, I hope everyone out there has a great week, and as always, keep in.